Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Hey girl, I wanted to introduce you to our latest brand partners here at Unscripted, JFF, Journey to Financial Freedom. If you've ever felt like your finances are the thing that is holding you back from truly reaching your potential, then let me introduce you to these guys. They help online coaches, consultants, and the likes of us organize and streamline your entire financial world. By doing so, they give you the clarity and empowerment you crave to confidently scale your empire. Not only do they help you shoot for that dream life, but they've got this unique blend of tactical and emotional financial strategies. They dive deep, addressing money at an emotional level because they know it's those underlying beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck. They're passionate about transforming your relationship with money by aligning your deep-seated beliefs with those big, dreamy goals. So with JFF, you're not just achieving financial mastery, you're reshaping your entire mindset for success and empowerment. They have a vision beyond the numbers. They believe that with a solid grip on your finances, you can turn your business into a force of good, making a lasting mark on the causes close to your heart. Imagine not only achieving your financial goals, but also creating waves of positive change in your community and beyond. So how are you vibing with your finances lately? Let's level it up together and make an impact. Jump in with JFF and bring those dreams to life. If you want to hear a little bit more, tune into episode 234 with the girl, the hype girl, Steph, who we dropped in and shared a little bit about my backstory and my finance trauma and all the things in between and why I am jumping in and becoming a part of the JFF family. And you can too. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. And before we just hit record, I was sharing with our special guest today around how I am attracting these wonderful people into my life. And they are those that are in the financial world, people who know what to do with money, people who know how to keep the money we're making. And everything in between. So I want to introduce you to today's guest. Uh, Tess is a financial coach and the founder of Wealth with Tess, a financial education community that helps women in their 30s and 40s and beyond, that's me, learn how to grow their money using simple investing strategies so they can have the financial independence to retire comfortably and chase whatever dream is in them. Okay, can you see why she's here? Yes. After losing 80K in bad investments in her 20s, Tess learned everything she could about wealth building and built her net worth to 1 million as a single 35-year-old woman. Now she's helped thousands of women learn how to grow their money using simple investing strategies anyone can do, even if you're short on time or a total newbie investor. I think that's probably the majority of people listening to this podcast. I'm just saying. Thousands of women have attended her free investing workshops. Hundreds of women have joined her small group coaching programs, and she regularly shares simple money tips for free Insta- for free on Instagram at Wealth with Tess. So as you can see, this is a very important topic that I have so times avoided because when you don't know, you don't know. And when you don't know around money, it can feel very scary and constricting. So Tess, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast and I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So we met actually a few weekends ago at the Powerhouse Women event with Miss Lindsay Schwartz. That event was epic and amazing. And I looked over and I saw this fit girl and she was just so enthralled with like what was going on on stage. And then she went out of her way to come over, say hello to me. And we got to connect and start a conversation around just meeting each other, which these events have been life changing for me. I don't know about you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I met so many amazing people in one day. And 
I've been able to connect with a lot of those people. One, actually, a couple people that you know that you've had on the podcast live nearby. Like, I think Madison was on the podcast or recently. She lives really close to me, like a mile away. So it's just been really cool to come back, be so inspired and connect with so many amazing people doing cool things. Okay, so you're East Coast too then? Yes, yes. Love it. Okay, I know. Madison was somebody I got to meet. How did I meet her? I want to see maybe somebody referred her to me to be on the show. And we like fell in love. I was like, <laughs> like we're going to be besties. I'm like, so I think that's one of the cool things that like connects just even the three of us is our love of fitness and just like our knowingness that that foundational piece really can build the confidence around so many other arenas in your life. And, you know, I woke up this morning, I was sharing with you that I did a 12 hour day yesterday talking. I woke up not feeling my best and it, everything in me was like, take the day off. You're a projector. You need your rest. And like, Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, you have a fun filled day with podcasts. Like you got to bring your A game. You know better. Go move your body. Do the things. Would you say that's like a foundational piece in your life that just I mean, just based on the way you look, I would assume it is. But share it with us a little bit of like, is that part of what you think makes you so successful? Yes, I think all of my business success and learnings. A lot of that comes from being an athlete. I was an athlete my whole life. I was a springboard diver in high school and college. And uh, after that, I did Olympic weightlifting for a while and competed at a national level there. So I've always been very competitive and active. And then leaving those sports was a little bit difficult, actually, because it was hard to adjust to you know, working out normally, but now I just love moving. And I, and what I love about it is that there's something for everybody. People ask me all the time. I'm not a fitness coach. I'm a financial coach, but people do ask me about what I do for fitness and how I stay in shape. And honestly, I just keep moving and I switch it up all the time and I find new fun stuff. And right now I climb a lot. I hike a lot in the winter. I'll do more hot yoga because I'll be cold, like whatever works for you. Right. So I'm a huge believer in moving. I have to get up and move and do something. I'm a nicer person. Like I'm so much less of a bitch if I like get to the gym. So it's important. <laughs> God, that just if that that is the one thing I swear it definitely helps you move that stuck energy, that stale energy. It lets you leave whatever like on the mat, if whatever mat it is, or off on that walk or that hike. And I swear it is one of those common things that I hear and see throughout like anybody who's successful in any arena of their life. Like they have a movement practice of some sort, it's usually working out, you know, and, and I, on my worst days feel like that's such a huge part of what I do. So anyways, yeah, you guys can see why we bonded and why I feel like when I feel connected to somebody, I want to share their work and what they're doing and bring them onto the show and introduce them to the community because I know that there are people who know things I don't know. Okay. And this is definitely one of those arenas. And so when we had a chance to have a call the other day and we talked about all the things I was like, but do you have a framework. What are the most commonly asked questions around finances? Like, what are people struggling with? I know what my personal shit is, but even then, like, some of it's surface where I think it's this, but it's actually this. And, you know, you have a story around having, you know, that 80K in debt with bad investments. I have something very similar with buying a home far too young in my early 20s that I was upside down in because of 2008 and all the recession shit that hit. And so, I've been super gun shy around making any big financial investments like a home or any anything else because of that. And I'm 42 now. So that was a long time ago, but it really did, you know, mess up my mindset and my really belief and confidence around, you know, what I can do with money and what money can do for me. And so let's just dive in because I know you probably, you know, know all the things. And I, I know we have a few topics that we're going to talk about, like 
I'm bad at money. That BS story that we all tell ourselves, I'm just bad with money. And I don't know about you, but I've never had a hard time making money. It's more about having a hard time keeping my money or really paying attention to the money. So I'm going to let you take it, share with us what kind of comes up for you and with clients and how you ended up getting into this work. Because I don't know that you go from 80K in debt, right? Were you investing at the time? Yeah, I was investing. So I'm happy to share that story, like how I actually lost that money and what I learned from that. You can tell how excited I am. I can't even ask her one straight question. (laughs) Tell us. Yeah. So, you know, in some ways, the recession messed me up a little bit, too, because I graduated from college and I could not find a job. And I was panicked because I grew up super afraid of money. Like I used to hide everything. I always heard from my mother, you know, I think we have enough. But there was this very, very intense scarcity mindset growing up. And she's still like that today. And so I grew up very afraid of money. I hoarded everything I had. And then at some point, I after I graduated from college, I said, OK, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to make sure I'm comfortable. My my mother was divorced a lot. I had a lot of divorce in my family. So I had this very intense feeling that I need to take care of myself, and make sure I'm going to be OK. And no one's coming to save me. I always felt that way. And so in I couldn't find a job after 2009. I, lo- I got rejected from 30 jobs and I was devastated because I'd worked so hard in college. And then my old diving coach, because I was a springboard diver, that was my sport. My old diving coach was like, hey, there's a job on cruise ships as an acrobat. Do you want that job? And I said, no, I just got a degree. I'm a businesswoman. You know, I was kind of a brat. I was like, I have my degree and I'm fancy and I'm a big deal. and I'm going to get like a big deal, like stock market job or finance job on Wall Street or whatever. I found nothing. So a few months later, I'm on the cruise ship because I couldn't find their jobs. And what was so amazing about that is, one, it just showed me there are so many different types of jobs out there and ways to make money. So it really opened my mind to what's beyond the corporate world that I was so intense on getting into. And now I'm so glad I didn't didn't go down that road. And uh, what was also great about that was that I was able to save a lot of money because food was paid for. My living quarters, my 10 by 10 foot living quarters on the cruise ship were paid for. And so having a scarcity mindset, I thought, okay, this is my chance. I have some money. I'm going to give it to uh, somebody smarter than me to handle it because I am surely not capable of that. So I gave it to a trusted friend who is a financial advisor, a fiduciary. And for those of you that don't know what a fiduciary is, that is somebody that's legally obligated to act in your best interest. And so if you do work with a financial advisor, that's what you want to look for. The problem is that a lot of these advisors are compensated in a way that is in their best interest and not necessarily yours. So they get paid a percentage of the money you invest. They get paid to sell you certain products that may or may not be a good fit for you. So it's a bit of a conflict of interest. And that's what I was a victim of. So I ended up paying $20,000 in fees to get really bad returns. I ended up investing $20,000 in an annuity that was a complete waste for me and better suited for somebody that was in their late 50s. I was 27 when I was sold this. So I lost access to that money right away. And then I also ended up making around this time a bad real estate investment as well, just didn't know what I was doing. And so very quickly figured out that I had lost all this money. And I felt so dumb. I had a ton of shame. And I thought to myself, okay, at least on the, I now invest in both the real estate and stock market successfully, by the way. So I learned a lot lot from these two things. But when it came to investing in the stock market, I started picking up some books around it. And what I realized was that the best investing strategies are really simple. And I never would have known this if I hadn't had this experience with a financial advisor, realized 
what kind of money I was losing and then gone out and learned on my own. We don't learn this anywhere, right? So if you're sitting there saying investing can't actually be easy, I'm here to tell you that it is. And there are so many myths that the financial industry perpetuates because it's in the best interest of a lot of financial advisors for you not to be aware of how to do these things. So there's so much financial jargon and a lot of that jargon makes us feel dumb, like we're not capable of doing it, but we just haven't learned. It's just unfamiliar. And once you learn the basics, every single woman I work with in my program goes, oh, that's that's it. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, it's really not that bad. So that's my story. That's how I got here. And now, quite frankly, I feel morally obligated to teach this because it's so fun because it's not that hard. Like anyone can do it as long as you take a couple intentional weeks to learn the basics and then implement what you've learned. Mm. Well, that gives me hope. And I definitely resonated with that piece around feeling shameful for not being able to make a bad investment work. And at 22 years old, buying anything was probably not the best idea. It was the first year I came into making like actual money in my, in the in my the career I was in, which was hairdressing. And, you know, against my better judgment, my, my mom pushed me to buy a condo. And then in a year, we pulled out a chunk of money from that condo because the market was like shooting up like crazy. I'd put it into a home, I which was double the price of the condo. So I was only a year older, only making a tiny bit more. This is when you could write letters to brokers and ask them to like, you know, talk on your behalf and push you into something that you really couldn't afford. So I became house poor at 23 years old with a mortgage and, and insurance of like $3,200 a month at 23 years old, making like $65,000 a year. I'm not super good at math and I'm okay with that, but that doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have made mistakes that have left them feeling like, yeah, see, I don't know what I'm doing. So to hear you say that there are really simple strategies and that it's not as complicated as we think it is, they they do make us feel like it's so complicated that we need help, right? That we can't do all these things on our own. And so I love meeting women like you who are like, listen, I remembered that no one's coming to save me. So I got myself in this hot mess by allowing someone else to take the lead. I'm, I'm no longer going to do that. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to figure the things out. And now I feel like I have a moral obligation. I freaking love that because at the end of the day, we all have a moral obligation to ourselves to set ourselves up for like retirement and a future that we feel comfortable with rather than thinking we have to work maybe more than we do in this current season we're in. I know so many people who think they have to work weekends or late nights because it's that scarcity mindset around not making enough when really if you figure out where your money's going and what you're doing and what you're doing with the money you're making and how to invest it better, you might be able to take those Saturdays off or work every other week for that matter. So I know you shared with me too that pretty much every single woman that you work with feels like they're behind in the retirement game. Can we kind of touch on that? Because I definitely fall into that category. Yeah, absolutely. So I mostly work with women in their 30s and 40s. And almost every single person I talk to, whether they are quote unquote behind, which is kind of an imaginary metric because there's no standard that everyone is going to reach in their 30s and 40s that's going to be equal across the board. Almost every single person, and when I say almost, I can't think of one that doesn't feel this way, but I'm not 100% sure, is that they feel behind. Even if they're on track to a comfortable retirement, and even if they have nothing invested, everyone feels behind. And I think that's really telling, and that's why I started doing more live small group coaching and live workshops, because I wanted every woman to understand that they're not alone in this, and that's how everyone feels, is they feel like they're the only one, and everyone's doing much better, especially when you talk about you know social media comparison game, right? I saw this great post that this mortgage lender did on a, a video of this woman showing her beautiful kitchen, and, and somebody stitched in and says, well, how does everyone afford these beautiful kitchens? And she goes, they're in debt. 
they're all in debt. And most people that have really nice things are in credit card debt or have really, really big mortgages or house tour. And you'll never know that. So you only see the highlight reel. So I think in Instagram, social media, all of that contributes to us feeling like we're behind because we constantly just see images of other people and the perfection in their lives. And then the other thing that makes us feel behind is that when you hear financial creators or influencers saying like the best time to invest is when you're 20 and we're like well, okay well we're well past that so like what can we do now and a lot and that's what's horrible about that messaging is that then you feel like it's you're too far gone so you're like fuck it I might as well like just you know give up and the crazy part is if you start investing consistently in your 40s even if you don't have that much money the power of compound interest of little bits of money invested on a monthly basis over years is so powerful and people don't understand that so they might say oh well i only have you know a couple hundred dollars to invest well a couple hundred dollars for 30 years is hundreds of thousands of dollars it's probably more than the median retirement about right now so until you actually start to understand how investing works and how com how powerful compound interest is, it feels really inaccessible. But at the end of the day, you can start investing with a dollar if that's all you have and build the habit and then increase it from there. So, you know, when it comes to women feeling behind, I do want to share with everyone listening that you're not alone. Every single person feels like that, even if they're very if they're doing really well, they still feel like that. And the best way to not feel like that is to get an education and then start taking action in the right direction. So you know, money fear can actually be a good thing as long as it doesn't paralyze you. I, I think a healthy state of financial panic is okay. You have to make sure you're taking action in some direction, pick a topic and learn about it. And I'm happy to give some, some examples of, of things that are good to learn too. I love what you just said, a healthy state of financial panic. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's my tagline. I'm in a healthy state of financial panic. I love this. And I own that and I want to do something about it. I think until you have a pain point that's strong enough, I think feeling behind is totally natural and normal. And the majority of people feel behind in some area of their life, whether it's finances or they haven't had children yet or they're not married yet or they haven't bought the house yet or whatever. Like there's always somewhere where we feel like we're behind. And I definitely know this to be true exactly with what you're saying around retirement. But I mean, I think about even being at my age, I do have a small, you know, set, set socked away. But at the end of the day, my grandfather lived to be 92 years old. So I have 50 years left of life to live. So if I invest for the next 20 to 30 years, you know, I should be capable enough to keep producing income, not maybe having to work. But if I learn how to invest my money right, I'll know that at the end of the day, there's going to be enough and more will be being made based off my couple hundred, couple thousand dollar a month investment. So it's like that diet mentality of, oh, I fucked up this weekend, so I might as well just like not start on Monday. Like, let's all start on Monday. Whenever you end up finding this podcast, whether it's in real time within the week it's dropped or a couple of years from now, because luckily podcasts, you know, they're they're here for you forever. I hope this we can title this in a way that, you know, inspires you to take financial action and take real responsibility because she's right. That was one of the taglines my mom always drove home was no one's coming to save you. And honestly, even when they do come to save you, if you want to call it that, if you get like a partner who in your life who maybe has more financial abundance than you and you feel some level of support or even like maybe, okay, that, that that's off my plate. I don't have to worry about it. There's still some sense of having your own financial safety, if you will, if something happens to that person or if life changes and circumstances are not what they currently are. I mean, there's nothing 
greater than having the ability to write a check if somebody in your family needs it or to give to a, a foundation or like it is our moral obligation, I think, as women to create as much wealth as possible in order to change the world. Because as one of our friends, Chris Harder, my my mentor says, when, you know, money is in the power or in the hands of women, it's in the most powerful place. I think women are really smart with investing. We love to give back. We love to, you know, pour into people and communities and build connection. And so I, I, I'm here to cheer on anyone who feels like they weren't born into that abundance mindset to make a lot of money and to sit and say, I'm a millionaire. It is, it is easier than ever to get into that space. But until you take responsibility for where you're currently at, you're not going to be able to get to that place in your life. And I, I fell into these weird conversations when I started coaching because I called my first program, the six figure stylist. And it was then that I really learned the mindset around money from my industry and what six figures meant to a lot of people. And I'll just go on a side tangent because I think this is important. And if this is you listening, I would really pay attention to the stories that come up when you hear or talk or see things like we were sharing right now. And I would have people reach out and say, oh, I already make six figures in my business. I need help with this though, or I need help with that, creating boundaries or habits or more on the mindset side. And I would laugh because I would say, well, what does six figures mean to you? Because we know it can be $100,000 or $999,000. That is quite a difference in six figures. And so it would always be somewhere on the lower end between one, 150, maybe, you know, low twos. And I think to myself, is that a scarcity mindset? Like they put themselves in that glass ceiling, that box of what they think they're capable of making. And so I just bring that to your awareness right now if you're listening, thinking, oh, I, I make really good money because maybe you do make the most amount of money in your circle currently, but it's okay to want to make more and to have bigger investments and to be able to save more and all of those things. So that's why I really felt compelled to have Tess come on the show and just kind of break down any sort of stereotypes that we might think that we're not worthy or ready or you know weren't born into the mindset of having more or creating more for ourselves in our life. I think these are really important conversations to have like real raw, honest, honest talks about here. And so you know, as a podcast called Unscripted, that's what we're here to do. So Tess is going to share with us a few ways that we can start investing and really like taking taking the the scary part out of it. So I'm going to let you dive into some of the frameworks that you have. I know you have a four-step framework to helping people start investing using these simple strategies that you talked about. And then I know you have a way that we can kind of hang out with you and in real time, like ask questions that might feel dumb because we know we don't know things, but we're in a room with other people who are admittedly like, know either. So let's all let's all talk about this thing that we haven't been talking about. Yes, absolutely. And you actually already started talking about the first step, which is money mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people before they even dive into invest before they dive into investing, they don't do any foundational work to understand what their relationship with money looks like. And then they dive into investing and it feels overwhelming. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you don't really understand what your relationship with money looks like, what your goals are, how much money you want to have in retirement. And there are ways to figure all that stuff out. And all of that is data that can make you feel more confident when it comes to your money. So, you know, you just mentioned some great examples of money mindset stuff I hear all the time, like it's greedy to want money or I'm not capable of making more money or you know, I'm not smart enough to learn how to invest. All of those are just negative stories that you've told yourself, right? And a lot of people say, I'm bad at money. And I will ask them, why do you say that? And they're like, well, I don't know how to invest. I don't know any of these things. And the follow-up question I'll ask them is, have you learned? Have you tried? Have you read a book? 
And most people haven't because it's scary. And just to like, no judgment, right? Because I put off learning for years and I gave it to somebody else. So I've been there. I've sat in that seat and been like, I am not smart enough to do this. I'm going to give my money to somebody else. And I lost out big time. So the first step is really starting to improve your money mindset. And there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. The first one is to ask yourself some questions about what your relationship with money looks like. How do you feel when you transact? And, you know, one thing you just mentioned, Jess, too, is understanding how much money you're making and and how that money is coming in and out of your life is really important because I believe I just saw this stat over 50% of people making over a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. So it doesn't necessarily mean how much money you are making. It doesn't necessarily matter how much money you're making if you don't know how to manage it. So this should be the first step. People are like, oh, well, when I make more money, I'm going to look, look into this. Or they wait until something bad happens. Like they get divorced or like you just said, like they have a partner and they say, oh, well, my partner takes care of it. And I'm like, that's great. What if something happens to your partner? Well, I trust my partner. I'm like, I'm not saying you don't trust your partner. I'm just saying you got to make sure you have this stuff unlocked for yourself in case anything happens. Like that is responsible. So the first step is making sure you get your money mindset in check by understanding what your relationship with money looks like and setting some goals of where you want to get to. Because when you figure out what your goals are, the amount of money you might need to achieve that might be less than you think. It might be more. We don't know. But that is the first step. And then just like anything else, you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where you're trying to get to. So understanding what your money mindset is, what your goals are in the next three to five years and beyond. And it don't have to be perfect. They can change. That's okay. But setting a direction is really important. So that's the first step. Then the second step after getting, figuring out your money mindset. And by the way, I have a great guide that has a bunch of questions that you can journal on. So if we can put it in the show notes, Jess. Yeah, cool. There is a Savvy Investor Starter Pack and it's totally free. It has this four-step framework laid out. And it has a bunch of questions that you can ask yourself about your money mindset. Some of them I just mentioned right now. So make sure you get in the show notes and grab that because then you'll be able to do this and journal on it. And just journaling on two or three questions can open your mind to where you might have been limiting yourself when it comes to money. Yeah. Or even not even allowing yourself to dream about your goals in three to five years because you're living paycheck to paycheck that those goals don't even seem achievable because you want to let yourself go there because right now you're just in survival mode. Yeah, totally. It's it's super important to to know that you won't be there forever and yeah. to start planning now how you can get out of that. And that's one thing I love about investing is you don't have to invest a lot to make a really big impact. You just have to be consistent. So right. that's the first step is the money mindset stuff. The second step is figuring out your cash flow, how money comes in and out of your life and making sure that you have set up some prerequisites for investing. So the first step would be making sure you've paid off all your high interest debt. And when I say high interest debt, that's anything over 7%. A lot of people don't start investing because they think they have to be debt free, which is a myth. You do not. You just have to pay off everything over 7%. And the reason for that is because the average historical return of the stock market is about 10%. So if you're trying to pay off low interest debt under 7% faster, you're actually missing out on an opportunity to grow your money more in the stock market. So that's where you have to start to understand your cash flow, how much of your money is going to high interest debt versus low interest debt. And honestly, that's the hardest part is looking through your statements and figuring out where you're spending money, what does your income look like, and have you checked off the necessary boxes to be able to invest. And there's really only two. There's 
Do you have an emergency fund of three to six months savings? Six months, I'd say, if you're an entrepreneur, is probably better just because you have inconsistent income, right? Mm -hmm. So six months of that. And if you've paid off your high interest debt over 7%, once you've done those two things, you can start investing, even if it's only with $100 a month. So that's really all you need to get done before you get started. So that's kind of step two is understanding your cash flow. So good. So, I mean, even if we just started those two things, not to overwhelm people, and if these are the two things that you focus on for the next couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever that looks like for you, because step two might actually be the most overwhelming if you are currently in debt and you have credit cards that are over 7% and or you have car loans or you have anything that this is a great place to just pause and really focus on this right now, because there's no point in going over step three or four until we get to this point. But like she said, we're going to drop that in the show notes. So you guys have these questions to kind of noodle on and, and journal on and really start to pay attention to because the, the minute that we bring awareness to a situation is when we can actually take some forward action in it. And it's honestly, you know, we know what's coming up for me when you're saying that is I remember a girl saying to me once as she was going through my program that she kept saying, I don't need to make a lot of money. I don't want to make a lot of money. The money part's not the, the you know, whatever for me. And I said, okay, you know, she kept saying that that one line. And my follow-up questions were, so what, what do you want in your life? What do you want to have? What do you want to bring in? Like what, what will, you know, this business do for you? And she would say things like, well, I just, you know, want to live where I want. I want to be able to travel when I want. I want to be able to buy the car that I want. All these things that she wanted. And we live in San Diego. And I, I, I said very, you know, respectfully at the end, I said, well, girlfriend, you're going to need to be a little bit more wealthy in order to afford all of these things at the level of what you're describing them to me. Because in San Diego, you kind of have to be rich in order to do all that, you know? <laughs> yeah, and sure, then yeah. she kind of laughed. And I thought, you know, what a shame that that story was coming from somewhere, right? That it's greedy to have too much or want too much or to expect that this industry that we're in, let's say, was the beauty industry at the time, can provide that lifestyle. And we we now know, you know, there you can make in any amount of money you want in any industry. So if you are in an industry and you think that you'll never get out of the debt that you're in because you're currently in it, listen to what Tessa say. It's not always about how much you're making. It's about what you're doing with it, how it's coming in, how it's going out and what you're putting away for investment. So I found that to be super true for a lot of people when they started to pay attention to the little ways that they were wasting money, fees here, stuff you weren't using there, you know, things that you don't need to be buying. It can make such a huge difference. And even those couple hundred dollars of like memberships or fees or whatever that looks like can go right into an investment account which you can pretend like it doesn't even exist, right? Like you can just, but it's fun to watch your money grow. I remember when my mom challenged me when I was struggling to get out of that early bits of debt, she was like, play the game. Every day, check your bank account to get excited about how it's growing. Even if there's 10 more dollars in there, 50 more dollars in there, she's like, just play the game of getting excited to check your bank account like it's saying hi to a friend, you know, and then take yourself on money dates, whether it's you sit down at your favorite coffee shop, and, you know, you go over your finances and make it fun. And I know people who sit down and do this with their partner that never were able to talk about money with their partners. Like they're married with people or they live with people. And it's just like this. Yours is yours. Mine is mine. We don't know what's coming or going. We have no clue. We're not on the same team. And I'm not saying that you have to have, you know, joint accounts or whatever. But when you can create conversation around money in a way that's not triggering, like that's a game changer. So are there any like mental... I know journaling is good, but are there any like, I want to go back to the mindset piece because I do really feel so strongly around helping people, even listening to the show. If you're still listening to this episode and we haven't triggered you enough to like go to the next one and not listen to this all the way through, I challenge you to sit with yourself and visualize what it would feel like in your body 
to feel safe around the conversations with money, to feel safe in an environment where you can feel expansive and confident when you talk about your investments and you talk about your wealth, right? Do you even use that word? We all want to have a big, wealthy life. We all want to be able to make decisions where we don't have to think about how much something costs. I know that to be true at the core of everyone. Nobody wants to have to check the tag. I don't care what it is you're purchasing, what trip you're going on, anything. And we all want to be able to write that check if someone in our family is sick or your dog needs a surgery or something. So this is why this is such an important topic for me to bring to the table on this podcast and why getting in spaces with people like Tess who have curated these very safe, simple frameworks for you to start taking real action on creating this level of wealth or getting yourself the fuck out of debt. You owe it to yourself. We're rolling into the end of the year. I'm going to pop this episode way above so many other people I've got batched out because I do think it's so important. And if you are in the beauty industry and this is the season of rainfall, right? And we make it rain at the end of the year. Everyone's getting their hair done. I used to make double what I would make, you know, in the early months of the year in November and December. It was how I ended up paying my taxes because I would make so much. I wouldn't have to save anything all year long and boom, I'd have enough to pay my taxes. Definitely don't recommend doing that. But (laughs) you touched on entrepreneurship having unstable seasons and entrepreneurship is very real and raw. And that same for the beauty industry is, you know, it's a cash business, if you will. And a lot of times people aren't paying attention to their money and it's very you know, it varies from week to week how much you're making. So if you fall into this category, like I challenge you as someone who has lived this life and knows what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck, who knows what it feels like to be drowning in debt, who knows what it feels like to have shame all around my financial investments that I made so much so that it's kept me from ever doing it again. You know, I am doing this in real time with my another friend of mine who's coaching me through their program. I'm going to be doing tests as well. I'm going to get this download and work through and noodle on all of this stuff because I want to be in a different position in three to five years. I want to have an abundant. I want to sit here and say the same. I have a million dollars in the bank or I am a millionaire. And not just because my coaching program popped off and whatever that looks like, but I truly want to have control of my finances. And I want that for anybody listening who feels that they are like kind of lacking in that area too. So Tess, What is it that you offer? How can we get into a program with you? You guys know I love like vetting my friends and just making sure that they are just bringing like their A game and teaching us all the things we need in order to have this most amazing life that we are so deserving of. So share with us how we can work with you, how we can connect with you and and how we can get in the space with you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to comment on one thing that you just said too about the intentionality of three to five years and how that can make such a big difference. That is one of the things that people don't understand is they feel like this this place they want to be financially is so far away. But with a couple years of really intentional effort, you can change everything. And in the same breath, the same people that are saying money doesn't buy happiness, that's one of the most dangerous money mindsets you can have because here's a list of things that money does buy. Security, safety, freedom, influence, independence, impact, time. All of those things are incredibly valuable and Every entrepreneur needs to understand how to how to be responsible with their business, too, because one of the best things about investing and you had a great episode on the with a tax accountant about this is part of your responsibility as business owner is to make sure you're being thoughtful about your taxes. And you can do that by investing in retirement accounts for your business, save money on taxes and grow your money so that you can retire comfortably. And it's far easier than you think. It just feels feels unfamiliar and overwhelming because of the financial jargon. So I'll just say that before I dive in where you can find me because 
it's so important to understand that it doesn't actually take that amount of time and working through. So the best place to start is go to the show notes and grab the Savvy Investor Starter Pack. And in there, you'll get the next two steps to the four steps of how to get started investing, which the just to not bury the lead here, the third step is figure out what retirement accounts work for you. And then fourth, choose really simple investments that you don't have to stock pick. You can just set them on autopilot. It's super easy. So the Savvy Investor Starter Pack is in the show notes. Make sure you click on that. And once you get it, you can work through each of those steps. And then there's also a free investing workshop that I host on a pretty regular basis where I walk through a lot of them live. And then I'm happy to answer your questions live as well. And so one thing I think that people don't realize about working with your money is that you spend how many hours on your business every week making money, right? Like, let's say 40 to 60 hours. If you're an entrepreneur, it's probably more than 40 hours, right? So if you're working that much time and you spend half an hour making sure that that money is doing what you want it to do, it can change your entire life. So it needs to be part of your business, right? Like when you're doing your calendar, you have your calls, you're scheduling your podcast, you're meeting with clients, you need to block a calendar time to look at your money. And the coolest thing is when you go through the Savvy Investor Starter Pack and start to look into these investing next steps, you can get started in a matter of weeks if you focus. This is not stuff that's going to take you like an economics degree and a PhD in finance. You just need a couple weeks of intentional effort and you can make massive strides. So I just want to put that out there for everyone that feels overwhelmed. If you have a business, you've done way harder things than the stuff that I teach you. It's going to once you learn it, you're like, oh, that's it. Like, that's the whole thing. This is like lazy investing and it's very effective. And I'm I'm excited to share it with you. So make sure you anyway, you get in the show notes, grab the Savvy Investor Starter Pack and email me. I have my email in there. Email me with questions. I love talking to people. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Honestly, I, I you're welcome because this kind of stuff is, I know, not like your typical hype girl shit, but it, it is. This is your friendly reminder to take responsibility for where A, you're currently at and it's okay. Like it is what it is. You can't change the past, but you can change your future. And if somebody were to tell me that if I took action today and that in three to five years, X, Y, Z would happen, the time is going to pass anyways. And if you are not responsible with what's going on right now, you're only going to be in a worse situation probably in three to five years. So not to yeah, send you into a downward spiral of panic, but let's let's all take you know responsibility and and do this together. So then three to five years, we can be celebrating all of our accomplishments because I love to high five people and I love to like cry with people along the way. That's why I love having this podcast and being able to A, connect with people like you, but connect with my listeners so that we can really celebrate our wins. And we can do that every Friday through text. You guys know I love to send out the FYF text messages to remind you of your wins, big or small. So this would be a really fun game we could play every Friday where you can share the little action steps that you're implementing to make some real changes. And if you're interested in those Friday text messages, it's 619-332-3045. That also will be in the show notes. Just text me the word Friday. You'll get a friendly FYF text reminder to celebrate what you've done that week and really just put you in that state of gratitude and focus on what is working and then take action. So always sending you so much love. Tess, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom and everything that you've gone through to be able to create the program that you've created now because it is so needed and we're so grateful and thankful for people like you doing doing this kind of work that the rest of us maybe have kind of avoided. So appreciate (laughs) you. Appreciate your time. You guys go out on the show notes, click on that, start taking action today. 
And if you have friends or anyone in your life who you feel could benefit from hearing this kind of information in, in its simplest form, right? This is not to overcomplicate things. It's just to remind you how simple things can be. And I love that you called it lazy investing because, you know, I'm not going to put us all in a box as entrepreneurs, but a lot of areas we tend to be a little bit lazy. So let's all roll into 2024 feeling confident working through this savvy investor packet can really help you take ownership of, you know, what your future is going to look like. So sending you guys so much love. We'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your friendly reminder that if a podcast is on your heart to create, we got you, boo. We created Media Unscripted to take the guesswork out of starting, launching, and growing your podcast. I knew I had to create something that I wish existed three years ago when I started the show, which, by the way, had a different name. What does that mean for you? Simply put, you don't have to have it all figured out before you start. We help take the guesswork out of launching your show and creating meaningful content that adds value. A podcast can be your main source of content that not only helps you build an audience, but connects you deeper to your community. Go to MediaUnscripted.com to learn more. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love. Thank you.